This podcast may contain adult themes and triggering topics. Please be kind to yourself if you get triggered by what we discuss. Also, this isn't a substitute for therapy or counseling. Please listen to the appendix at the end for some of our recommendations for resources that will help you find a qualified mental health care provider. Now, we take you to a time in the near future where emotional abuse has been appropriately deemed a crime and the survivors find a home to reclaim their lives and freedom. This is Haven, and these are the stories of the Reclaimers. Julia, dear girl, I got your broadcast. Are you all right? Yeah, uh, no. Oh, I just feel like I'm turning myself inside out. You can't know how bad I want to call him right now. Do I have your permission to use my... Yes, please. Do the empathy thing. I need to. I just... I can't. I'm going to break the no contact. I, I can feel it. Darling Julia, this is more than longing. This is physically hurting you. No wonder you want to call him. You want relief. Yes, relief. I just... I can't feel like this. I'll die if I don't hear his voice. Okay, breathe. Take a deep breath and look at me. Look in my eyes. Breathe. Out on a straw. Good. Good. Julia, close your eyes. Keep breathing. Wiggle your toes for me. Keep breathing. Now. This moment. Now. Tell me. Now. Where are you right now? In the haven, in my favorite of the gardens, I'm wearing my own clothes. I don't have long hair anymore because I am free to cut it. I don't need his permission. I am free of him. I'm, I'm free. Free. That's right, Julia, you are. Good work listing an element he can no longer control. That's a wonderful use of that tool. Keep breathing. Okay. Can I open my eyes now? Of course. I'm right here. And you're here now. I really heard that NLP this time. Yeah, you caught that? <laughs> yeah, you said now, like, I think it was eight times. <laughs> did it help? Yeah, I, it really did. Focusing... Right now, and having that word said over and over really helped me get centered. I still feel like I might call him, but it's not as urgent. Good. I'm glad it helped. It might not all the time, but it's a good tool to start with. Okay. Thank you. All right. What if we start with you telling me about your day? What's your schedule been like today, and how have you been feeling? Oh, well, my sister called. How did that go? <laughs> Not good. She, you know, basically said all that bullshit they said in the intake packet. They told them not to say, like the, well, why didn't you just leave last year? And, the, you know, it takes two to tango. How did you feel after the call? <sighs> Not good. She's just never going to get it. She thinks because I'm an adult, I should know better. She acts so smug and judgmental. I mean, I tried to leave him. I really did. Really. I know, Julia. More than emotion, your whole body engages in that regret and effort. And there's something else. Shame. Oh, I'm pissed. I have to even think about it. 
And then, of course, I wind up wanting to call him. And then I get all self-blamey. Maybe she's right. Maybe I should have known better. Will you ask that again and replace the should with something else? Yeah, yeah, I know. Could I have known better? Could you? No. I mean, in the first place, he deceived me by love bombing me totally in the beginning. And then in the second place, I didn't know predators like him even existed. Good. That's really good. So why do I still effing want to contact him? Good question. <gasps> Have you had a chance to read about the pain rescue cycle in your intake book? Uh, no. Oh, it's okay. That's one of the later chapters, and I think you're only at what, chapter three? Yeah, I really don't like to read. You don't have to. And sometimes reading and recovery can be really difficult. We're going to cover it all during our time together anyway. Just some survivors prefer to have a ton of information when they first start out. Definitely not one of those. <laughs> yeah. I loved your intake process. All you wanted to do was kickboxing and martial arts. Mm, hey, gotta develop this upper body strength somehow. <laughs> I mean, what if he attacks me again? He, oh, he is still attacking me. I'm still here wanting to call him. And I've been how many months with no contact? Julia, I want to let you in on a little secret. Yeah? It doesn't go away with just time. Uh, what, the wanting to call him? Yeah, you can't just wait it out. But chapter one in the intake book does say that no contact is like a detox for all the chemical stuff he manipulated in my brain. So isn't no contact like a whole time-based thing? It sort of is. Also, did you just quote the intake book to me? <laughs> well, I read some of it. <laughs> No contact is time-based, yes, but the real way to escape that desire to contact him is a different tool entirely, and it starts with understanding the pain rescue cycle. Okay. During idealization, he manipulated you to feel loved. Right. In all the chemicals, it was basically biological. Well done. What happens during the devalue phase? Well, he starts to devalue my contribution to the relationship so he can attack my identity and get me to act in certain ways to hopefully get the love bombing back. There's another part of that process, though. He put you through his terrible rage so that later he could be sweet and gentle with you, holding you, wiping away your tears, all of those things a hero would do. Yeah, that just kind of makes me sick now, just thinking about it. Let's come back to that in a minute. First, the tricky part to recognize, he didn't just manipulate your thoughts. He manipulated your very attachment to him. How do you think he did that? Well, the love bomb thing. And he got me to want to do whatever it took to get back to that. That is a major part of it. And it's even more devious than that. He inflicted the pain on your psyche so that he could then set himself up to be the only rescuer from that pain. That is completely disgusting. It is. It sets up a terrible bit of conditioning known as the pain rescue cycle. He becomes the only hero you want after you're in any kind of emotional pain. He conditions you to equate being rescued by him as the only satisfying outcome from any pain you feel. Wait, what? Sorry, <laughs> psycho speak. Simply put, he's conditioned your brain to believe that anytime you feel pain... He's the only one who can rescue you from that pain. Oh, my God. So if I feel any pain after leaving him, I'm going to, what, want him to rescue me? Yeah. 
And what does rescue look like? Looks like me getting in contact with them again. Yes. Let me ask you another question. Are you ready? Go for it. If you call him right this moment, will he comfort you? (laughs) Hell no. No, he'll be awful. Vile. I'm worse than ever. In fact, he'll probably rage at me that I even got him stuck in rehab by reporting him to the police to begin with. So he won't be kind and gentle. (sighs) Hell to the no. Yet you'll feel relief. Yeah, I hadn't thought of it that way, but yeah, I will. Why do you think that is? I'm... I guess it's just because he conditioned me to think that merely contacting him is enough to rescue me from my pain. Right. And this is really insidious of him. He did this so that if you ever tried to break free, you'd be addicted to contact with him so much that you'd even take his most abusive behavior over no contact. Did he do this on purpose? The research suggests that Cluster B personalities don't understand the complete cycle or their part in it. But they do know right from wrong. And they do know what they're doing is going to get certain results, but is very cruel and very wrong. That is truly terrifying. Mm-hmm. But wait, so so now I have this thing about contacting him. What What's the tool? How do I get rid of it? Julia, I want you to see what you just did. You just used the tools to give your brain an alternate to the conditioning you've been subjected to. And that's good? Tell me what you're noticing internally right now. Other than this need to call him, I feel better when I think about figuring something out. I can tell. And yes, that means it's good. You're not giving into the cycle, but you're still honoring your needs. This is amazing work. I'm so impressed. (laughs) Thanks. Uh, The fact that I haven't called him is very impressive. Very. I agree. Okay, but back to the tool. Of course. (laughs) Anytime you think of him, you're going to want to dive into the places in your relationship where you felt pain because of him. That's how a normal breakup goes, right? Hmm. You think about what went wrong, you decide not to do it again, and then bam, you grow, you learn, you move on. Yeah, but it doesn't work like that now. I just keep thinking over and over about how much pain he caused me. And then I just keep feeling really shitty. And why do you think that is? Huh, well, I guess it's because he trained me to feel pain and then go looking for him. And it's painful to think about him and breaking up with him. So then all I want to do is contact him. Yes. Then you feel more pain for maintaining no contact and becomes this never-ending cycle. Okay. I just got to say that my sister is wrong. No wonder I couldn't leave him last year. Every time I try no contact, I'd get all chemical rescuey and want to go back to him. Julia, that's amazing self-compassion. Well done, standing up for yourself. Or is it just me being pissed at my sister? Which you have every right to feel. I encourage it. Also, I'm sensing a bit of balancing out for you. How does it feel on your side? For sure, it's not the getting angry, it's understanding why her saying that hurts so much. Seriously, amazing. That's great insight. I hope you hold on to that. But I still want to call him. Sucks. That means you're ready to dive into how to use the tool. Okay, good. I was getting a little worried there. <laughs> if feeling pain makes you want to call him, then our goal is to help your brain ruminate on parts of the relationship that aren't painful. <sighs> you know, like the good ones? No. I would never ask that because there's a risk that any good parts of your relationship with him were lies he made up. Yet you thinking about those lies would lead to feeling more pain, which would start the cycle again. Well, then what do I do? Tell me about a time when you were annoyed with him. 
<laughs> just tons of times. Um, there was this one time I picked him up for a day at the museum and he was wearing this ridiculous outfit, like huge coat and hat, winter boots, ugh, all the things that wouldn't at all be good to carry around. Hey, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. Wait a minute. What are you feeling? I feel annoyed with him. And? <gasps> I do not want to call him. Yeah. <laughs> How did you do that? I didn't do it. You did. You got to break that down for me. I got to know how to replicate this again. By getting you to focus on an emotion other than pain, your brain didn't get hijacked into that pain rescue cycle. Instead, you focused on annoyance, which isn't always pleasant, but it's not painful. It's a way to detach from your abuser without getting sucked into that vicious pain cycle. So I feel annoyed and then suddenly I don't want to call him? Maybe not quite suddenly. <laughs> You've been working on this for a few months now. Going no contact, using the tools, staying focused on your self-care. True. I'm just surprised. Does it only work with annoyance? Disgust or contempt can work, depending on the level of practice. Embarrassed works too, but only if you're the type that doesn't feel pain when you get embarrassed. In fact, it'll specifically help if you can feel a bit of superiority when you think of him embarrassing you. <laughs> what, like I would never be caught dead in that outfit? <sighs> oh, hey, I got here as fast as I could. Sonia, what, what are you doing here? Remember last week when I explained that a junior would be shadowing me? <gasps> Sonia, you got junior? That's awesome. Congratulations, girl. <laughs> <sighs> Thanks, Julia. I'm pretty excited, too. So, Percy, you just like get a kickback now, huh? <laughs> Actually, can I share something fun? Heck yeah. My wife is pregnant, <gasps> and I'm going on maternity leave with her. <gasps> Congratulations all around. Oh my gosh, this is so great, Percy. Thanks, I'm pretty happy about it. So while I'm gone, the plan is to have Sonia take over. We've got some time before then, though. So for now, Sonia's here to observe and take notes. Are you okay with that, Julia? Absolutely. I just can't remember where we were. You were telling me about how you might think I'd never be caught dead in that outfit as a way to feel superior and stop the pain rescue cycle. Oh, yeah. Would that work? It could. Our brain tends to sift annoyance, contempt, and embarrassment as things we need to avoid. So naturally, your brain labeling your abuser as those things can help you get away and not want to return. This is an amazing tool. Why don't you teach this right at the beginning? Sadly, it doesn't work as well with survivors who are still chemically bonded to their abuser. So that's where the short-term time heals thing comes from with no contact. Mm, I guess that makes sense. Um, I'm not sure I would have wanted to see anything negative about him in the beginning when I was still just trying to figure out what the heck was even happening. Yeah, but I know how difficult it's been to even get to this point. You're feeling better. Your aura, it's all goldeny and radiantly calm. I feel like I just might finally be able to be free. Julia, that's really great. You deserve to be free and to feel free. I think that's the first time you've ever said that, that I actually believe you. Julia, I'm so amazed by all your hard work. You're so incredible. Thanks, Percy. I am so, so grateful. It's truly my pleasure. I'm feeling a little kickboxing coming on, actually. <laughs> hmm, you want to join me? I would love to. I just got to run back to close out a budget meeting really quick. Sonia, do you want to walk Julia over? Absolutely, I do. Julia, was Break the Cycle the only tool you went over? Oh, hey, Sonia. Hi, Rose. Rose, this is Julia. She's in the lodge next to yours, but I don't think you two have met. 
Uh, no, we haven't yet. So great to meet you. How long have you been here? Just 22 days now. Wow. Feels weird saying that. You? Oh, I'm at six months this Friday. Wow. Impressive. Have you been no contact that long? Oh, yes. And today, just getting another tool to keep it going. Who's your Advo? Feeny. Oh, he seems really nice. I met him at the intake. Do he and Persephone go to all the intakes? They really try. If they don't make it during your initial, they try to get to know you in the first week. Aren't there like 400 of us here or something? And how many can it hold? Yes, something like 400. And the total capacity for the center is 2,300. Wow, is this the only one? There's another one that started last year in Portland and another in San Francisco. They're working on getting two more in the Midwest, but this is the only federally funded one. Everyone here had a case processed through the federal government instead of the state. Well, what does that mean? It means that your abuser was most likely a government employee or an officer of the court or an... Ooh. What? I'm sorry. I just got something really interesting. <laughs> What's that? It would take a while to explain, but I just realized how many of the abusers from the center are either current or former military. My ex-abuser um, is former military. Hey, so's mine. Interesting. I'm sorry. I was just thinking about some info I got during my junior advo training about a case, and the details are um, confidential. Oh, so one of the people in the Black Ops Lodge? No, nothing like that. Sonia was originally a survivor. Now she's a junior advocate. Oh, that's so great. Congratulations. I didn't know. Thanks. She was actually the very first reclaimed survivor. Even better. I didn't know that the program had been around for that long. Not that long. I was lucky to have been in therapy before the Reformation, so I had a lot of the work done already. But my abuser was engaging in a huge smear campaign against me after the reform, so he got himself into trouble and I wound up here. It sounds like you've finished a ton of work. It has been, but all worth it. I'm really struggling to not break no contact. I feel like I have something to prove. Listen, Julia is great at keeping focused on physical activities like kickboxing and swimming and stuff. You two could make some time to get together. I love that. I need a distraction. I've got another session to get to. You two all right? Go. Rose and I are going to chat before I go in. Yeah? That'd be great. So, how's Feeney? I've always wondered what it would be like to talk with him. He's seriously the goodest person I've ever met. Oh, goodest. I like that. Yeah, he's just safe and, and... And you're having trouble with that? Yes. It's like I've been force-fed junk food for so long, and now that I'm switching to the healthy stuff, my brain can't adapt. I'm craving the crap, but I know I need healthy. Oh, girl, it'll feel like that for a while. You know you can ask Feeney for extra sessions, right? I was so scared of asking Percy for more time in the beginning. I can? Like, how many? Oh, in your first week's? You can ask for as many as you want. They know that trauma bonds are really bad, and it's really hard to dig yourself out. Really? Yeah. On my first weeks, I met with Percy three times a week. And when I learned it was okay to ask for more, I was meeting with her every day. But doesn't that make us kind of dependent or something? Oh, no. Emotional abuse recovery really doesn't follow those same patterns or trends as other types of abuse. You know, the trauma bonds start to wear off as you find true replacements. 
Have you gotten to your replacements yet? Yeah, Feeney has me making lists, but... <gasps> Can I ask you about that, though? Sure. My abuser texted me so much, I'm not sure how to replace that. Oh, yeah. The, the app they gave you during intake, you can have it text you affirmations or nice things, even apologies throughout the day. Apologies? Yeah. I just really needed to hear apologies for all the bullshit my abuser put me through. And since he's not really likely to apologize, like, ever, I wrote those apologies I needed to hear and put them in the intake app. Did it work? Yeah. I, at first it was kind of weird, but over time, it built up what I believed about myself. That if I could give myself what I needed, I could let go of trying to get my abuser to be that for me. This place isn't like other clinics or psychology places. Oh, no. Thank God. I don't know what I would have done without all these tools. Do the trauma bonds ever really go away? You know, I can't really say that I know that yet, but I do know that they get easier to handle. For me, even big triggers can be controlled now. <sighs> That's so great. Listen... You want real help with those trauma bonds? Just do one kickboxing class with me. You'll feel so much better. It really helps, I promise. <laughs> I'll take you up on that promise. Just go easy on me, okay? It's been a hot minute since I kicked anything. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's Percy and Feeney here. What you've just heard is a work of fiction, but we know that many listeners are living in a world of pain that isn't fictional at all. At the end of every episode, we're going to include an appendix of sorts. Some things we hope will serve those who live with a reality of fear and pain every day. First, we want to let you know about our website, www.empowering.tools, where we keep an ongoing list of books, websites, hotlines, and many other resources for victims and survivors of toxic relationships. Second, we'd love to hear from you. If you'd like to share your story with us or let us know how the episode impacted you, We'd love for you to reach out. These are deeply emotional things, and we want to give you a chance to share. We're a small team, so an in-depth response isn't always possible, but we do read every message we receive. Third, if you're in crisis or you need to find an immediate way out, we recommend joinonelove.org. Simply text LOVEIS to 22522-STAR to get an immediate response from a peer advocate. Or call 800-799-7233 for the National Domestic Abuse Hotline. If your abuser is a parent or a non-romantic relationship, there are other resources we've listed on the website that are just for you. A reminder, emotional violence is still violence. You don't need to have bruises on your body to deserve help. And it's okay to feel what you're feeling when you call. Fourth, be safe. For some... Getting out will take planning and time. If you know you need help, do what you need in order to safely get away. Lastly, we know how difficult it can be to believe there's hope on the other side of a toxic relationship. Many on our team know the devastatingly difficult steps it takes to get away from an abusive predator. But there is hope. You don't have to do it alone. If you don't have supportive family or friends, you can still find support at the hotlines we mentioned earlier or at a local hospital or shelter. Thousands of survivors have made it out. Getting out and reclaiming your freedom can be your story. We believe in you. We believe in your future. And, and we, we believe, believe in, in your, your right to, to that, that freedom. freedom.